Welcome to Everyday Sublime. This is your host, Josh Summers, and I'm happy to have you here today. And in this episode of the podcast, I will be continuing a series of reflections about Vipassana meditation. This is a style of meditation that's found in early Buddhist practice, and it's a word, Vipassana, that means to see clearly, and it also refers to the insights that arise when we see our experience more clearly. So if you're just jumping into the podcast, I would definitely encourage a review of some of the more recent episodes, particularly the episodes The Key to Stillness, Part 1 and 2, and also The Basic Vipassana Instructions, Part 1. And today's episode and the instructions I give here will build on all of those reflections. But before I give you today's talk and instructions, I just want to say that if you're interested in resources or um other practice opportunities to learn about yin yoga, Chinese medicine, and how yin yoga harmonizes our chi, or how um, any resources around meditation or yin or yang yoga. On our shop, we have uh, our all our workshops, courses, and trainings now that we that we've produced as online on demand offerings. Those are all available through our shop. So if you head over to joshsummers.net forward slash shop, S-H-O-P, you will see all those offerings and there's there's really a whole range of things for whatever level of uh, entry or level of development you're at. So head over there. And uh, the other thing is if you're uh, practicing by yourself and you're interested in, in being part of a, 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 a loose community of practitioners that share the, the values of the, the heart and mind that we develop in, in practice, Um, Check out our Sangha. This is an online practice community where we teach yin yoga, meditation, qigong, and yang yoga. And we see, Terry and I see these practices as part of an integral spiritual practice or an integral life practice that when practiced together awakens the body, awakens our energy, awakens our psycho-emotional being, and awakens our awareness. And the the basic premise is that when we strengthen and, and and vitalize these different dimensions of ourselves, our own evolution, our own transformation, our own growth and development occur more in a straightforward and um, pleasant way. There's less bumps, you could say, when we take care of our body, energy, and mind this way. So uh, check out the the offerings we have in the Sangha. That's at joshsummers.net forward slash Sangha, S-A-N-G-H-A. We have a variety of membership levels, everything from $5 a month to $99 a month. It's on a sliding scale. So we're trying to make this as accessible to anyone that's interested without there being a limitation of financial constraint. So uh, we've had a, a number of people join recently that have come via the podcast. They were first a podcast listener. Um, and then they took the step and joined, and it's really great to have them on board with us. And so I just want to say that in case you're a listener out there in podcast land and you've considered it, wondered about it, not sure about it, um, we're a very friendly group, and, um, and there's a lot of great discussion and development that we're witnessing in the members of this community. So once again, joshsummers.net forward slash sangha if you're interested in practicing with a group of like-minded Um, yin yoga, meditation, qigong enthusiastic practitioners. 
Okay, without further ado now, I'll give you today's talk and instructions, the basic instructions of Vipassana Part 2. Okay, now in this talk, what I'm going to try to do is continue to develop the experience and practice of Vipassana meditation. And to review, I would just say that, um, to borrow from the definition that Joseph Goldstein gave to me once about what Vipassana is. Remember, Vipassana means to see clearly and it refers to the insights that arise when we see clearly. But as a practice, Joseph, when I interviewed him, defined Vipassana as the practice or the experience of being present, paying attention to moment-to-moment -moment experience without grasping. To be, or as he said, to be aware of what's arising moment-to-moment -moment without grasping. And that literally means awareness of whatever is arising moment-to-moment. -moment. Now, in, in, in normal... When I talk to people about meditation who have not meditated, there's often a view that there's lots of things that shouldn't happen in the meditation. Like you shouldn't be thinking too much, you shouldn't be getting annoyed, you shouldn't be feeling frustrated, you shouldn't feel sleepy, you shouldn't have unpleasant body sensations. There's a whole range of unpleasant um, experiences that tend to be categorized as distractions. So people say over and over again, oh, I got distracted in my meditation. I was distracted by this. But as Joseph very clearly and succinctly says, the practice is to be aware of what's arising moment to moment without grasping. So there's nothing that is not included within the purview or the, per or the, the aperture of the Vipassana lens. Like literally anything is part of the practice. There's no experience you can have while you're sitting that would be disallowed or, or viewed through the Vipassana lens as a distraction. Maybe more succinctly put, what I'm trying to say is there are no distractions. Whatever's occurring, that's what your practice is. And the practice is to see it without grasping. Now, the without grasping piece is something I'm going to come to later. I'm not emphasizing that so much in these instructions now. Um, and in fact, what I'm to give you a sense of the progression that I'm trying to take people through here is uh, if we're if we look at our, our the totality of our moment-to-moment -moment experience, it is usually some combination of stimuli from the environment. There's uh, the stimuli from the body, and then the stimuli from the mind. So there's the field of experiences that are ongoing in our environment that we can be aware of. There's the pattern of, or the field of sensation in the body that is going to have a changing, flowing dynamic of impermanent sensations that we can be observant of. And then just as the body has sensation, just as the environment has sounds, the mind itself uh, is a kind of sense organ, uh, at least in Buddhist psychology, that experiences thoughts, feelings, memories, moods, emotions, um, all of that. So uh, that is, when we're doing pure Vipassana, we're open to the moment-to-moment -moment conditions with all, within all three of those big domains, the domain of the body, the domain of the environment, and the domain of the mind. But instead of beginning the instructions with all three at once, 
So instead of saying, just giving you what Joseph said, of being present to what's arising moment to moment, and being present would include being present to everything, either in the environment, body, or mind, um, I'm trying to move through those domains one at a time where we build on them slowly and gradually start to include them all. So when I was a kid, uh, I got a, a book on juggling that came with three sort of sandbaggy cubes to juggle with. And the book on juggling, I think it was something called like The Complete Guide to, the Complete Klutz Guide to Juggling, or the, the Guide to Juggling for the Complete for the Klutz. And I, I felt I resonated with that being somewhat of a klutz myself. Um, but there was three sandbaggy uh, balls to, to practice juggling with. But, but the, the thing I took away from the instructions was that it said start with one ball, get good, comfortable at tossing one ball up, first in your right hand, then in your left hand. When you get comfortable tossing and, re and catching one ball, then you add the second ball. You toss one up, and then one, as the first ball is in the air, you toss the second ball up, and you catch the first ball as it comes down, toss it up again, and then the second ball comes down, you toss it up again. So you start, you get the idea. You, you practice with one, and then when that's comfortable, you add the second, and when that's comfortable, juggling two balls, then you add the third. And that's really how I'm approaching uh, the Vipassana uh, progression of instructions here. So to, to quickly review and to come to the, the instructions themselves, I just want to review and reiterate the importance of relaxation. So even though the instructions do get specific now around being present or being aware of certain conditions or certain experiences that are occurring, that awareness, that noticing of what's happening uh, functions best, or the, the process of it functions well, when the mind's very relaxed. I mean, there's not so much striving to, to create or to focus on one thing in particular. We really let the mind just naturally come to rest on whatever it's noticing. And uh, I know I say this a lot, but I also just want to say it again. Uh, in the relaxation, and that's really the foundational energy that we bring to the process, but within the relaxation, we will inevitably encounter times when the mind is not present, i.e. the mind wanders, the mind gets lost in its own inner universe, and uh, rather than trying to stop that or aggressively shut that down, I try to adopt a more gentle, tolerant, and receptive attitude towards the wandering, um, primarily in, in the context of apasana, so that it, it sets up a very light energy of practice. Or just a light, gentle presence in the practice towards what's occurring. Um, anything beyond that, any, any, my, from my perspective, any trying to be present inevitably tightens the meditator up and they get kind of tense and stressed or frustrated that they're not present enough. So I'm always working um, in a way or suggesting people work in a way where you let the mind become awake naturally so there'll be phases of wandering and phases of wakefulness. And in the phases of wakefulness, that's where we will be applying the, the kind of the instructions, suggestions, intentions of Vipassana. We can't do it when the mind's wandering, so we don't worry about when the mind wanders. But as you come awake, building on the instructions from last week, the first thing to do is relax when you wake up and listen to the field of sounds. 
and and what I said there was that it's in listening to sounds that we really access this natural quality of awareness or natural quality of mindfulness. The awareness isn't creating the sounds. It's not uh, opinionating on the sounds. It's not saying some sounds are good, some sounds are bad. It's just recognizing in a clear, open field of presence when sounds are there, what they're doing, and when they're not there. So sounds blink in and blink out. Sounds arise, make their noise, or make their, their sound, and then they cease. And that's the practice of Vipassana, to see the, the natural uh, uh, behavior of experience, or the natural way that uh, experience um, unfolds, which is typically framed in the phrase, it arises and ceases. Sounds arise and they cease. And we're just trying to see that. And so the specific technique I gave was borrowed, it's sort of an adaptation of what's called the Mahasi method, named after Mahasi Sayadaw, who is the monk who developed this technique, which is a method to note or silently mentally tag what is occurring when you're aware of what's occurring. So again, I'm not encouraging you to note everything in your experience. I'm encouraging as an exercise to start with just the domain or the category of experience that includes auditory stimulus or sounds. So as you relax upon awakening and you listen to sounds and you hear a sound, you could say in a silent, soft way in your mind, hearing, hearing, sounds are being known. So the the idea is that, again, the, the noting frames the experience and allows you, the meditator, brings your awareness to take a closer look at the nature of the experience being framed by the notation itself. So, th so the, the noting functions as a frame so that we can look more closely at what's encountered within the frame. Now, one kind of technical and slightly philosophical aspect of the instruction is that in beginning with sounds, uh, one thing that we can start to appreciate is that sounds are going to behave in an impersonal way. They arise due to certain causes and conditions, but we aren't personally summoning a particular sound. We're not creating the particular sound. We're not involved in the sound itself. We're simply bearing witness to it. So when we, when we say sounds are being known, we're allowing the awareness to recognize the impersonal presentation of the sound. And that's, that's a kind of a key feature of Vipassana in that on one level, we're seeing what's happening moment to moment without grasping. But the, one of the implications of that is that we start to see at a deeper and closer and more uh, magnified level the way in which all experience, not just sounds, but all experience is unfolding in an impersonal way. And yes, that includes the body, the, 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 the cherished domain of sensations that we take to be me and mine, and it also includes the mind itself, the domain of thoughts and feelings that we may not cherish, but we definitely cling to as defining attributes of who me and mine and I am. So this movement of observing the impersonal nature of experience is part and parcel of the development of Vipassana. It doesn't mean we detach. It doesn't mean we dissociate. It doesn't mean we become indifferent to. 
it's just more and more from this particular lens of looking, we start to develop an insight around what is self and what is not self. And that's something that I'm going to come back to down the road after we've had we've covered these basic lessons and you have had time to work with these basic constructions, then we'll start to unpack the kind of the, the philosophical slash uh, phenomenological truths that we can start to encounter. But the, the, the first step is just to get familiar with looking at the constituent elements of our experience through this Vipassana lens, which is just a, 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 a bare lens of attention that doesn't add or subtract anything from what's occurring and sees the natural behavior, that is the natural way that experience unfolds. So again, uh, you're sitting, you're relaxing with your experience at the times or in those moments when your mind wakes up, here we can start to tune into the natural field of sounds to start. So that's like continuation from last week's instructions. We wake up, open the mind to sounds, and maybe use the tool of labeling. Hearing, hearing, sounds are being known. Now how long you stay within the field of sounds is up to you, but what I would suggest is, and this is the exercise, it's a practice. You don't have to follow this, this pattern or this, this progression all the time it's just a it's like an exercise to try out and get familiar with and once you get comfortable with using the 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 tools of the exercise you can be more creative and and, and spontaneous with how you use them or use the tools but from listening when you assess in your own experience that you're relaxed you're calm there's no pushing away from one sound or the next you're just calmly relaxing listening to sounds then then I'll encourage you to include and shift your focus into the body for a while. So this is not to, to keep your attention in the body. This is not to anchor your attention in the body. This is just to now include the body within the scope of your reflection. And the key there, word there is reflection. You're just reflecting on the nature of the body. You're not trying to do anything with it other than to observe it. So just as you listen benignly to sounds, what I'm going to encourage you to do is to transpose that listening to the field of sensations that you experience when you turn to the body. And just like you could label the field of sounds with hearing, hearing sounds are being known, when you turn to the body, you might pick up a specific sensation like pressure or tension or achiness, or itching, or breathing, or tingling, or vibration. Again, what you're aware of, uh, I won't say it doesn't matter, it's just that the, it's, we're not trying to select one thing or another to be aware of, we're just tuning into and being present to whatever is arising. So when we turn to the attention of the body and let our awareness include that, uh, one thing you can do is if there is a particular sensation you could label it or note it just like you did with sounds so let's say i had an itch i could note itching itching sensation is being known or if i feel a pulse pulsing pulsing sensation is being known and i would encourage you just to use that much of the tool again you don't have to label every single sensation in a moment-to-moment -moment way 
It's more you use the tool to frame your attention to pick up just what's occurring and then relax into a very receptive way where just like putting the needle on the record player, you allow your awareness to glide with the unfolding contours of physical sensation. And similar to the, uh, the, the activity of being, bringing mindfulness or awareness to sounds, one aspect of this is to make sure that we're relaxed. So the relaxation ensures that we're not striving or trying to be attentive to only one thing in particular, or that we're waiting for something to occur, the relaxation settles us into kind of the pocket of unfolding present moment presentation. And that's going to be a changing, shifting field of experience. So we're really just letting these things be and allowing our mind to flow with them is, is how I try to emphasize it. But the, the, the sort of the wisdom side that can start to develop, and I just want to hint at this, and we'll explore this more in a, again in a future talk or lesson. But the wisdom component is to also, just like in, when we observe sounds, to see the impersonal nature of a sound, we start to see the impersonal nature of body sensation. Again, we normally, the normal perception is that it's my body. We add, the mind has a habit of, uh, appropriating or identifying the body with some sense of an ego, like the ego is defined or, or, or influenced by the body. So what I'm getting at here is that just as we listen to sounds, we can see the impersonal nature of sounds. We can also start to see the impersonal uh, display or the impersonal nature of the body. Like the body is just part of nature, just like sounds are. Sensations come and go due to certain causes and conditions, and we can bear witness to that impersonal changing flow of sensation. And I just want to pause there for a second. I realize the impersonal, like the reflection around the impersonal nature of the body can sound kind of strange or nonsensical or irrational or just counterintuitive for many people. So, um, you know, I'm not here to force an agenda or um, kind of strong arm you into agreeing with a particular philosophical viewpoint. The teaching is the way to look. So the teaching is an instruction around how to look. And then in developing that capacity to look in a particular way, the the insights and this the statement I just made of the impersonal nature of the body just becomes kind of an obvious truth. It's not something you um, conceptually or intellectually agree with. It's a direct experience that's confirmed within the the, the, really the fire of your own experience, or I should say maybe in the laboratory of your own practice. So to just close up or to conclude here, I'd say remember that it doesn't matter how much your mind wanders as you practice. The wandering mind occurs on its own. Um, and when you are awake, so in the times when your mind becomes conscious and awareness is online, this is when Again, begin by listening openly from time to time using the tool of noting, hearing, hearing, sounds are being known. And then you can let yourself glide in a relaxed way, tuning into just the, the momentariness of individual sounds that come in and out or blink in and out of consciousness. And when that feels comfortable and relaxed, then you can spend time 
opening to the display of sensation in your body. Listening to the sensations in your body with the same benign but like non-influential or non-manipulative presence that you brought to sounds themselves. So listening to sensations. Tingling, tingling, sensation is being known. Or pressure, pressure, sensation is being known. And from there, you can quietly, silently just allow your mind to travel within the variety of different sensations occurring in the body as well as the variety of different sounds occurring in the environment. So those two domains can start to be practiced simultaneously. But I wouldn't force that simultaneity of open attention. Uh, I would, you know, it, it, it's, it's fine to have that occur and it may, may occur naturally for some of you. But for others, I think sometimes working with the specific domains, like really giving attention just to the field of the body for a while or just to the field of sounds, brings a sense of greater familiarity and, and cuts down the amount of overwhelm that might occur if you feel like you have to be responsible for tracking and paying attention to too many different dim dimensions of your experience. So um, in other words, I'm just trying to keep this simple and um, etude-like or exercise-like so that you build the muscles of these capacities slowly over time. And eventually we will put it all together in a freestyle sort of way. Um, but for this week, practice, again, it's really just a, a simple development or a simple continuation of the instructions I established last week of being relaxed and receptive. And when you're aware of sounds, hearing, hearing, sounds are being known. When you're feeling the body, whatever sensation is most obvious, just tagging that, like pressure, pressure, sensations are being known. And there's no reason to just limit these activities or these exercises to the cushion time or to your formal meditation or to your yin yoga practice. Um, when you're out and about, when you're at work, when you're in the commute, if you're taking a walk, check in with it from time to time. Hearing, hearing, sounds are being known. And just see what recognizing or seeing things through that particular lens does in terms of how it changes or conditions your experience. That's what we'll be tracking and looking for going forward. How, what is the result? Another way of saying this is, what is the karmic result of paying attention in this particular way? That's the question for you. Okay, so have a good week, and I'll look forward to seeing you soon. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's talk. I hope the instructions and reflections I give support you in your practice and development of your mind and heart in meditation. And I look forward to connecting with you and, and developing this series going forward when we move into the mind and then really start to explore the nature of awareness itself that's knowing the changingness of sensation, the changingness of, of sound, and the changingness of thought. That's the... the the direction we're moving in, and I'm looking forward to exploring that with you this fall. If you'd like to join us live and participate in our live sessions and have access or be able to avail yourself of our recordings in terms of the hundreds of classes we have in our library and tutorials and workshops that we have in the library, please consider being a joining, uh, please consider joining and becoming a member of our Sangha called the Riverbird Sangha. We have two um, levels of support, a sustaining membership and a supporting membership. 
Memberships range everything from $5 to $99, depending on what you can afford. And we just welcome you if you're interested in participating. It's, um, it's a really fun community. We feel um, very, there's a tremendous amount of gratification, Terry and I feel, in, in, in holding this space and seeing how people, how much people benefit from their, their, their participation, how much they're learning and developing and, and coming to really understand the heart of these practices for themselves, which is what it's all about. Okay, I'll leave you there, and until the next episode, I wish you all the best. Please stay safe, stay strong, keep practicing, and I'll see you soon. Take good care.